Just wait. Ephesians chapter number six tonight. If I don't get too back and forth, we'll be all right. But I think this thing will pick me up anyway if we do, and then I'll be able to enhance it on the computer if I need to. Ephesians chapter six. Uh, again, we've looked at the girdle of truth. Gird about. Uh, we'll read this again. We'll read it down there. But the girdle of truth. I spelled it wrong on my notes here. And then uh, the breastplate of righteousness, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And today we're going to look at the shield of faith. The shield of faith. Um, All right. Let's just read... um, 10 through 20, Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And as we've said in our study, the wiles is uh, his stratagem, what he, what he uses. His, of course, we can also, his devices. Uh, the, the, what he puts uh, uh, against us is, is the wiles. Uh, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand. Therefore, having your loins girt about with, the, with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Amen. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, and for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, and that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you, dear God, for the day, for the cooler temperatures. Lord, we thank you for the many blessings you've given us. I pray, thank you, Lord, for the visitors that are here today. And pray that you will help us to be a blessing to them. I ask and pray the Holy Spirit will move among us our hearts, Lord. May uh, the saints of God find instruction from the word. May we uh, put on this whole armor uh, and fight the good fight of faith as uh, Paul has described it. I pray, Lord, also that you touch those with, uh, without Christ, those that don't know you as their Savior, don't have a personal relationship with you as a son of God, as we've heard there in the Sunday school hour uh, and that relationship as an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. But I pray that they'll come to know Christ uh, as their Savior today. And we ask and pray these things in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen and amen. All right. So uh, verse number 16, above all, key words there. Uh, all of it's important. And again, you kind of get a mental picture. Think of the the Roman-type soldier, based on the time of what a soldier might be dressed like when this was written. (laughs) Uh, You think of the Roman soldiers. We've seen uh, pictorial, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, applications as to maybe uh, what their armor looked like. Uh, We've seen, you know, uh, this girdle, this uh, belt around the the midsection. Uh, We talked about how it gives strength, and that strength is truth. Uh, then the breastplate of righteousness covers the vital organs uh, and, and protects there. Again, uh, this armor is from uh, the front. There is no armor on the backside, so it, it, it protects you if you're advancing. If you turn and tail and run, you're not protected, all right? So the, the breastplate uh, of righteousness, and it's, uh, again, uh, something that you're going forward in this war, in this battle, and then our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Uh, one of the things that was uh, that we kind of tried to bring out was the, uh, I forget what they're called, but they go around the, the calves down to the feet. And, and uh, 
So uh, they, they protected, they protected the feet and allowed us to go. We dealt with the gospel and how that we ought to be going with the gospel in this spiritual warfare. Again, just as a reminder, this is written to the church. This is written to save folks uh, and here at the in, in, in Ephesus, and uh, and he had already warned uh, the Ephesian elders there that we read uh, back a few weeks ago um, there in Acts that um, that there would be wolves that would creep in and come in among them and false prophets and he warned them and he's he's now so apparently Ephesus you know. <laughs> Had some battles take place, and of course, historically, Ephesus uh, had some idolatry uh, there, along with several of these other places. Corinth, uh, the Grecians had set up a lot of the idols that we've seen uh, dealt with there, also in Acts by the Apostle Paul, uh, as he was walking in Athens, and he seen all these uh, the various uh, idols that had been set up, and the monuments that had been set up to the various gods, and and he declared unto them then that unknown God. So this was the, the time of day that this was taking place in and how that, um, and so, and, and the people that he's dealing with and what was around them in their society. You know, and, and one of the things that I strive to do is to make it real for our society uh, and for, because it, it works for our society, uh, but lots of times you have to, Take it into context when we study the Word of God and study the Word of God, take it into context that it's at. And part of the context that it's at is the, the era of time that it was written in and understanding what, you know, a lot of times, you know, understanding the way that the people were and the places that, that, that it was written to and things like that and understanding that. But then we can make application because this is the living word and it still applies to us in the whatever century we're in, the 22nd century, 21st century. Um, the, uh, it still applies for us today and uh, 21st century. As we're going into these, this, this hundred years, I had to try to think about that one. Uh, but... Uh, and, and what's going on today? Everything that's going on in Washington, D.C., everything that goes on here in the capital of our state and just around us in, in your workplaces, in your family life, and the things that goes on today, we can take these and make it real for us today. And this armor, we still fight against these principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's still a battle, still goes on today. It went on in the Ephesians day. It went on in Daniel's day back in the Old Testament. And we talked about that and how that there was that uh, Daniel prayed, but then there was that restriction. And then 21 days later, the word, got, the word came by an angel uh, to Daniel uh, with the help of another angel because uh, they had stro- strove against that prince of Persia. And uh, so... So we've seen all that, and so it, it's, still, it's still applicable today in our life and, and helping us to face what we face. All right, but then we're going to get here above all. Uh, so we've, we've already dealt with three other pieces of equipment, but this above all, the shield of faith. One of the things that was pointed out in one of the commentators, the, the breastplate, so it protects our vital organs, but the breastplate uh, on us in our spiritual warfare of righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness is fixed. It's affixed to our abdomen. It's affixed to our, uh, our, our main part of our body. Whereas the shield of faith, <laughs> you can move around. All right? If, if, if the attack's coming from above, you can, you can hold the shield of faith up and, and, and protect your, your head and protect yourself that way. If it's coming from the side... You can protect that. You can protect this side. So you can move the shield of faith around. So it's, a, it's in defense. And it's to protect us against the fiery darts of the, of the, the wicked. And uh, the fiery darts, again, uh, has been attributed <coughs> in the commentary and can be attributed to the temptations that come our way and the temptations that we are bombarded with. We're going back to one of the other messages in this series, that, that imagination and the, the things that the devil, the wiles, and the things that the devil puts in front of our eyes that cause us to stray, that cause us to be tempted to, to stray. We don't necessarily have to stray, 
but we're tempted to stray. The temptations are put in front of us, and when we yield unto the temptations, then it becomes sin in our lives. When we yield unto the temptations, then it becomes a, you know, not only sin, but then that, that affects our, our battle. Then we, we, we go down in defeat. Uh, we, we, we can read the book, and we know that we have won, but at still the same time, you know, we, we're victorious in the end, but at the same time, lots of times we as individuals do fail in some of the battles. But this is, this is for us not to fail. This is what we need to put on so that we don't fail. Um, and again, you know, truth, we talk about the Word of God, righteousness, and that's, that's not only being a doer of the Word, I mean a hearer of the Word, that's the truth, but being a doer of the word, that's that righteousness, walking in the truth, doing what the truth says, doing what the word of God tells us to do, uh, and not keeping his commandments to be saved, but because we are saved, we follow the commandments and the precepts as established here in the word of God, carrying the gospel of peace, the preparation of the gospel of peace, carrying that gospel to others that they might get into the warfare as well. All right. So above all, the shield of faith. And with that shield of faith, wherewith, with the shield of faith, wherewith, ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So we dealt with truth, righteousness, and the gospel. And today we're going to look at this faith. Hebrews 11, if you'll turn there, Hebrews 11. We, we know a couple of scriptures here, but I, I'm going to look at some others. I've got two on my notes. Hebrews 11 and 1, now faith, and Brother Lynn was talking about hope in his Sunday school, and it goes right along with the state. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, elders obtained a good report. So above all, taking the shield of faith. And in verse number 6 of Hebrews 11, now without faith, it is impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So one of the ways that I deal with Hebrews 11, 1, is now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, the Old Testament, because it says in verse number 2, the elders obtained a good report. So the Old Testament was looking forward. As Christ was being prophesied, they looked forward by faith and they trusted by faith that Christ would come. So they looked forward. They hoped for looking forward. And we, looking back, the evidence of things not seen. We've never seen Jesus Christ walk... Uh, you know, in a vision or even walking upon this earth. But Jesus Christ, there is enough about Jesus Christ that uh, has, has uh, uh, historically and his, his influence uh, upon this world that we can look back. And we have the canon, canonized scripture here. And we can look in here and we put in our, our faith evidence uh, of things not seen. And both... Uh, the Old Testament saints and the New Testament saints obtain a good report by faith. And it's impossible to please him without faith. And then he, he that cometh to God must believe he, that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You, if you come to God in salvation, if you come to God just in your relationship, you have to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So let's look down through here just real quick. And some verses of what faith accomplished. What faith accomplished in these lives. We done read one there in verse number two. The elders obtained a good report. Uh, through, uh, through faith we understand uh, that the worlds were framed. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death. Uh, by faith Noah prepared an ark. For the saving of his family. By faith Abraham 
did two things. He went out, verse number 8, and he sojourned in verse number 9. I mean, when God said, I want you to go, leave, leave your father, and you leave your mother, leave the land of your nativity, and go to a city that I'll show you, to a land that I'll show you. He said, okay, and he left. Where are we going? Abraham, Sarah said, I don't know. He's just going to show me when we get there. I can just see some of the ladies today. Your husband comes in and says, all right, pack her up. We're headed out. Where are we going? I don't know. He's going to show me when he gets there. Now, that would take a whole lot, of, a whole lot of doing, wouldn't it? All right. But that's, and then and talk about Sarah here. Through faith, Sarah received strength to conceive. So all these, uh, and then he talks about those that, uh, that didn't, that were unnamed, the innumerable people here. Uh, that that faith uh, did worked in their lives, and so faith. Uh, so all these things that faith has done. Uh, one of the things that I, uh, as I was looking here at this armor, being an Air Force veteran and thinking of warfare, I teach a warfare defense uh, for the Air Force and uh, a specific kind of defense, um, but. Um, you know, and as I, as I have been thinking, like I said, Wednesday night, uh, musing upon this and, and thinking of, say, what the Roman might look like in his, in his armor, the breastplate, the helmet, the, the, the shield, um, the, uh, the belt or the girdle of truth there and, and, uh, and the, the things that covered his shin and his feet. And then trying to relate that to our our. Uh, our Soldiers today and, and their body armor and what they put on today to protect themselves um, and, and trying to, to, to kind of get, get this thing over. I've also, as I was reading and studying this, uh, it kind of hit me that, uh, you know, we're to t- above all taking the shield of faith wherewith all you sh- shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. You know, we have to have faith in the armor. I mentioned last night uh, just a little the little uh, conversation that Lisa and I had. You know, it's one thing to know that we're to put it on. It's the one, and it's another thing to actually put it on. You know, I can sit up here and bump my gum and just preach to you all all these messages on this, and unless we take it and put it on, then it's just going to lay there. You know, <laughs> I mean, and do nothing to protect us. You know, I know what the preacher says about the truth, but I'm just going to leave the truth laying over in the corner. I know what he said about putting on that breastplate, but hey, you know, it's heavy, it's hot, it's been 900, 100 degrees here lately, and if I put on that that breastplate, you know, some of the armor, some of the, the things that we, that our soldiers today, you know, I, I got to thinking about that and to really to put everything on, say, say it's even the chemical warfare, I, I know some of you have, maybe have seen that, uh, you know, they're putting on, they've got their duty uniform, they got the, the chemical suit on top of that, uh, they got their gas mask, and it's all buttoned up. And then on top of that, they've got their, uh, their body armor, they got their helmet, they got, you know, all their, their weapon, they got their, their ammunition, you know, and the, the pounds of, of weight that, that our soldiers, you know, carry on them if they have to get, you know, everything on uh, in, in that sense to protect themselves. And then how, it, how it's cumbersome and how it just, you know, people complain and they want to get out of it because it's hot and they want to get out of it because it's heavy. But if they get out of it, it doesn't protect them. Amen. If they never put it on, it doesn't protect them. One of the things is in, my, in my secular job is I teach this. Look, you've got to know how to put it on and you've got to know when to put it on. You know, and, and then you have to put it on. Uh, there was an exercise back some time ago that, uh, and it was out at Glenwood across the, uh, 29th street there. There's a training area and, and one of our, uh, uh, one of my, uh, office workers, he's, he's there as an evaluator and one of the troops just come in and, and, uh, just took off her gas mask and just sat down and, and he goes, what are you doing? And she said, I'm tired. I'm hot. I don't want to wear this no more. And, of course, it was an exercise, but if it had been in real world, she would have also been dead, <laughs> you know, because she would have not been protected. And there's, 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 there's where a lot of mentality is, you know, 
there's, there's the, the saints of God, and the soldiers of God, if you want to put it that way, that take this, uh, take this seriously, that this is a fight and not a game. That this is, we do wrestle against these things, principalities, powers, uh, rulers of darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. This is, this is something that's going on today. It has through the centuries, and those that have taken that take this seriously and and exercise what we're talking about by putting these things on, then they're going to be victorious. Amen. Those that just come out of duty to come to the house of God, and and of course you read your Bible and you saw oh, that's really nice, and yes, we should do this, and okay, and but you never put it into practice, then you're going to be the casualty. You're going to be the one that goes shipwrecked. You're going to be the one that's put on a shelf and not used of God. But, you know, uh, if we kind of give the, we, we mentioned our feet and, that, and Paul using the run and running that course. So we, we mentioned Wednesday night, not only for the soldier, it's, it's important to protect our feet, but also for the athlete to protect our feet, to carry us in the game, if you want to put it that way. And uh, the, where was I at? Uh, absolutely. The feet, yeah, right, but, uh, oh, it's got, oh, yeah, there, the contest. You know, you have those, you have that, uh, say, junior varsity. <laughs> you got the varsity that's out there. They're the older, they're, more, they're the more mature, they're the more accomplished, they're the more seasoned, and they're first string. But you got that second string, junior varsity. Put me in, coach. <laughs> Put me in. I'm ready now, coach. Just let me show you my stuff. You know, and, 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 and there's a place for that. And finally, maybe that person gets that opportunity. But if, if, <laughs> if the coach puts him in and he's not as prepared as he says he is, he, he's not as, as he, he hasn't been learning the playbook like he says he has. You know, he, he, he gets, the coach says, okay, you know, your zeal says a whole lot. I'm going to put you into the game. And he gets out there, and the quarterback calls a certain call, and he's like, uh, what's that? He don't know what play to run. <laughs> he don't know. The quarterback has called it. But he's not prepared because he's not studied all the, the runs and all the plays that they're supposed to be knowing. And so the quarterback calls it, and he goes that way when he's supposed to go that way. See what I'm saying? So we can, we can kind of be like that in our scenario in this spiritual warfare. You know, we, we've got the playbook here. If we don't study the playbook, if we, don't, if we don't take upon this whole armor of God, we might get out there in the warfare but then we're going to get defeated because we're not ready because we're not taking it serious. And it is a serious thing to take on. So as I was thinking about all this, we need to have faith in our armor. One of the things, brother, I don't know, brother if you do the tear gas with your gas mask, we have, we call it a mass, con- yeah, he has, a mass confidence course. When we teach the gas mask in the Air Force, it's one I did when I was active duty Air Force, we actually went on the backside of Robbins Air Force Base in Georgia, and we had a, a block building. And so we stood in there. We had everybody come in with their mask on. It was to build confidence in that piece of equipment. So they put their mask on, and we, we, we had some tear gas in little capsules, and we, we put it on a little, a little burner, and we filled up the room with tear gas. So then we had them do a little, you know, some calisthenics, just like calisthenics, maybe some jumping jacks or whatever, to increase their, their breathing. So they're having to suck, suck the air into their, you know, into their mask. And, and, and so we asked, is anybody experiencing anything? They say no. So, so basically they've got this mask on. They're in a tear gas environment. They're not tearing, snotting, or coughing, or choking. 
You know, and, and, and because of that filter that's within that mask is filtering out the, the bad air that's in that room. And then we let them experience the bad air that's in that room because we bring them forward and we say, take off your mask. So they take off their mask instantly when that tear gas hits them. They're crying. Their nose begins to run. The, the sweat begins to the open pores on their face where they've been sweating. It just starts to burn, and they start to cough and carry on. And when it's all said and done, we can, we can shore up that experience by saying when you were in that course or when you were in that room with a working gas mask, you were not feeling the effects. But when you broke that seal, you felt the effects. So that helps them to know that they can trust that gas mask in that type of environment. You have to have faith in your armor. You have to have faith in all this, that it will work. We've already mentioned prayer, and we're going to get to prayer a little bit later in verse number 18, praying always. But again, it goes back to faith. Not only that that we... That when we pray, we have faith that he hears our prayer, but we have faith that he'll answer our prayer. You know, we have that's a part of the armor. We got to have we got to have faith in the the truth. All right? That that girdle of truth. As we gird about ourselves with truth, we've got to have faith in the word of God. That that what like he said that in Sunday school, that this is in fact God's word. And his instruction, we can put our faith in. If he says it, it's settled. It's going to happen that way. In these end times, you know, we, as we, Lisa and I finished D- Daniel last night, we're going to go to Revelation and start reading. And as we read some of these things, and uh, there's still, you know, a lot of questions along the lines, but, you know, we know that some of these things are going to come to pass. Why? How? By faith. You know, I believe... And have faith in that truth. In that truth, you got to have faith in your armor that that armor is going to work. When we go down through here and we say, "Put on the whole armor of God," you got to have faith in it. Dan, uh, David, when he was taken to Saul before he stood before Goliath, Saul said, "Give him my armor." <laughs> and I could just see, you know, Saul being so big, David being so little. They put all this stuff on, and it's just all cumbersome. It's, it's too big for him. He's not proved any of it. He's never fought that way before. But what did he have faith in? He had faith in his staff, and he had faith in his sling. Why? Because he knew how to work those things. He knew that staff had protected him defensively against that lion and the bear. He knew that that staff probably worked offensively against that lion and the bear. And he knew that that sling, both defensive and potentially offensive, was in case of, uh, of Goliath, it, that offensive weapon that he had with that stone and that sling. He had faith in that. He trusted it. You know, and, and maybe you're not up to the full armor yet. Maybe you're just got a sling. <laughs> You're not like David's brothers who was arrayed in their armor out there standing with the armies of Israel. But, you know, you just walk up and, you know, you've got your sling in your pocket in case you met a bear on the way or a lion on the way to deliver the bread to your brothers. you got your sling in your pocket and you've not advanced to the sword. You've not advanced to the, all this other stuff. But you, you have faith in where you have advanced to. And the armor that God has given you, what you've used already, you understand that. Although once Goliath was on the ground, <laughs> he, he, under, he, he pulled out Goliath's sword and was able to use it to cut Goliath's head off. But anyway, you have to have faith in your armor. All these things... You, as we go down through there, you've got to put faith. And you have faith in your leader. I, I, I had a lieutenant. I was able to see him again when we went back in May. He was a lieutenant then when I was, a, you know, the young airman. And then he got out as a captain, retired from the FBI. 
And just his leadership skills was tremendous. He was able. He he, he was one of those guys that was just willing to put his neck out on the line for you, and 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 would just do things for his troops and and just lead and and you know even though like he pointed out several times since we've all kind of that little group of us is reconnected through social media, you know he was like, look, you know all these all these accolades from that group that happened to be that flight. It was just something special about it. I don't know. It was just the time of our lives, or just where we were in our lives. But we just we 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 uh, we clicked. We were a cohesive unit, and we just worked really good together. And he was a really good leader. And so the accolades have gone to him, and he's like, "Fellas, I was just you know a few years older than you were." You know, and probably the same age as some of the older NCOs. Here's this lieutenant, but it was just—he's just one of those guys that 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 could lead. You know, I had faith, and I've told him. I said, you know, he said something about uh, just kind of you know one of them side notes on the social media, and just you know, uh, you know, let's just go and take care of business, kind of sort of side note, and everybody's jumping on board. Like, as long as you're in charge, I'm right. I'm right with you. You know. And he's like, I really appreciate that. And uh, because, you know, we, we have faith in that leader. Now, I've had other leaders <laughs> that I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to follow them to, to do anything because I had no faith in their leadership skills. He was going to get us all killed. You know I mean? It was one of those deals. And, um, but you have faith in your leader. You have faith in his leadership. All right, let's go back here. Uh, let's see here. Well, let's just go to, to Philippians, where we were at uh, in, in reference this morning, Philippians chapter 3, where Brother Glenn uh, referenced us to. Of course, he was, he was getting to the, that glorious body, but I want to get to the, the end of that, uh, Philippians 3.21. Well, that's 3.20. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look... For the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, there's our leader, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby, here it is, he is able to subdue all things unto himself. We've got to have faith in that leadership. He's able to do that. You know, there's so much about this in, in in the fact that uh, <coughs> uh, so he's able now turn with me to Romans chapter four. I know Brother Glenn's as he's talked through Romans, we've already uh, been there. Romans chapter four, verse number sixteen. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of, of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it, as, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quicken, quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though... They were who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered his, not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being, here it is, fully persuaded that, at, uh, that what he had promised, he was able, there's a, able again, he was able also to perform, and therefore it was imputed to him <coughs> for righteousness. <coughs> Lisa had a question the other day about the Old Testament, multiple Wives, and we're looking into that answer, but 
and that study will do that sometime along the way. But as we was talking, I said, you know, he was married to Sarah. He was given to wife Hagar. After Sarah died, Hagar was gone. <laughs> she was driven out, and Sarah had died. He married Keturah. And by Keturah, of course, he had a son by Hagar and a son by Sarah. And by Keturah, he had other children. This is after he was dead in body. <laughs> Not dead as far as in the casket dead, but unable to produce children which is what we just read here. God said, "By a, you will produce, I will raise up seed to you, and I will raise up a nation unto you. And he said he staggered not. He said, being not weak in the faith, he considered not his own body now dead. Verse number 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. He was fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. You know, that's how our faith ought to be. Our faith in our armor, our faith in our leader. We, we can't stagger. It's got to be, we have to be fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. Just like that armor, just like that gas mask scenario that I did. I am fully persuaded at the gas mask that I wear because I wear one with a tank on the back when I'm, in, I'm a hazmat technician uh, certified, and I am fully persuaded that as long as that air takes place, but I'm pretty persuaded I got an operational mask and I got a good seal that, and that, that suit that I have to wear, that it will protect me against the hazards that might be without that suit. I'm fully persuaded of that. If there was any doubt to face, you know, I mean, you think about those firefighters out here on the base, You've seen them. they got the huge, huge, huge trucks, and they don't have just the turnout gear that your regular volunteer fire departments have. They've got that aluminum-looking suit. That I mean, they can walk into this inferno. You know, there's something about that suit that, and, and that fire. He has to have this faith. that I mean, He's facing the, literally, <laughs> facing the flames that he's facing, and he puts that suit on to take that hose and to walk forward into that fire. That takes a whole lot of something or another, gumption, but it takes faith in that suit, that that suit will protect him and keep him from burning up in that flame. But you see it all the time. You see, you see it on videos. You see it you know, in the training, and, and they do that. They go you know, time after time and time again. They put that suit on, and they go into the flame. Because they're fully persuaded. That's how they can face that. They're fully persuaded that they're going to be protected. They're fully persuaded. And we need to be fully persuaded like Abraham was in our leader. When God says, look, here's... Well, let's just look at some more. All right. Romans chapter 8. We're right there. I'm a little ahead of brother. And he's going to get there. He'll just shore, shore me up right now. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He spared not his own son, but delivered him up uh, for us all. How shall, we, how shall he not... Uh, mm-hmm. How shall... I'm, I'm, all, I'm, I'm, I'm just to, totally lost my place. I looked up. How shall he not... With him also freely give us all things. That's going back to our faith and our prayer. Who shall lay, and, 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 and being an heir and a joint heir of Jesus Christ, what he's already said, he said he's able to perform. He's, he says he's going to do it. We can, we can go to the bank with that. We can be fully persuaded. We're going to see that word here again in a minute. Uh, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is ra- risen again, who is even at the right hand of God also, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. 
We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded, persuaded, that full confidence. This is what, this is what, the, what faith is. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers. What are we wrestling against? We're wrestling against principalities and those powers. Nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I wanted to get us to the persuaded. I, Paul said, I am persuaded so this faith that we're to take this shield and we're to put it ahead of us and we're to be able to 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 quench all the fiery darts of the wicked you have to be persuaded that that will protect you that that will quench those darts you to have it you know uh uh, you have to be persuaded enough to where you pick that up. You don't just put the helmet on and the breastplate on and you, gir- you, you know, your feet and your, your girdle, that you actually pick up the shield and put it on your arm. You know, you can, you can you'll put, partial, put part of your armor on, but I'm, we, we need to put all of our armor on and be persuaded that it's going to work. We need to be persuaded in the love, and we're going to get to that in a second, or his will for our lives. Let's go there. All right. So, Proverbs 3, 5, 6, and 7. You know this one. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. There's that trust. There's that faith. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Here's what I've got. We need faith in our armor, faith in our leader. We need faith in his leadership. So, faith in our leader, his leadership, his will for our lives. Look, when the commander comes down and says, I mean, what, that old, is it Longfellow or Tennyson? Uh, The 300, help me. What poet said? But anyway, the 300, that that a lot of, back some time ago, they had to, you had to learn that poem. But it was about a real event. And, and 300 road down into the valley of death, literally. And, and they, it was one of those deals where there was, I mean, it was just a perfect place for any kind of ambush, very strategic, very, uh, and, uh, for the enemy, because there was a high cliff on each side and they could just fire down into the valley. And they had to go down through there and, uh, and as they were being, so 300 rolled in, but not 300 come out. But they, they, was, they had faith in, 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 and that's what helped them to be determined. That's what helped them to be persuaded. They had faith in the cause. They had faith in their leader to send them right down into the valley of death. They had faith to do that. You have to have faith. And here's, here's the, and I and actually contacted Sister Rains, because Brother Rains don't have, it's got a joint account. Through social media, I'm, I'm thankful that, I, and, and this quote, I, I've got it written down, I'm sure I had it written down in some of my Bibles, I've looked through all my Bibles to try to find this quote, because so many times, I wanted it included in my preaching, and it's, and, and it's something that Brother Rains says all the time, if you've ever heard him preach at least two nights in a row, three nights in a row maybe, you will hear him say this. And, you know, I've heard it, and it, it's good, but it just really didn't click in my, in my mind, in my heart, until I started pastoring here. And, there, and, and so I, just, I could just remember a very part of it, and I contacted her this morning, and she responded, thank the Lord. But he says time and time again, and we've got to understand this. Here it is, Brother Larry Rains. Evangelist now, I pastored in Taylor, South Carolina for many years. He loves us too much to do us wrong and is too wise to make a mistake. See, you know, in our leadership, 
you know, and being fully persuaded in his leadership, his will for our lives, that if, if he opens the door for us and we, we have the faith to step in, that, that he knows what's the best. He's too wise to make a mistake in his will for our lives. When he shuts the door, even though we wanted to go through that door, you know, if we're, if we're on our knees, God, you know, lead me, direct me, guide me. Thy will be, not my will, but thine be done, as Christ prayed in the garden. When he opened the door to go through this way, even though that's not the door that you thought that he would open, and he shut this door that you wanted to go through, but that he knows what's best for us. And we've got to have faith in that. Be fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. That's tough stuff. We're so wishy-washy. Society is so wishy-washy. That, 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 you know, and there's that, that, that little saying, um, what, if, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for everything? And what was we, we know, in our text, what it was we just did, it says... Withstand that you may be able to withstand against uh, the evil in the evil day, and having done all to stand. And it starts out verse four: a stand, and then he talks about the armor. Look, you're going to have to stand in the fact that he or stand in his leadership. You've got to be fully persuaded, not wavering in his will for our lives. Be fully persuaded in his goals or objectives. You know, we're to carry the gospel. And I think about those that like, uh, well, I don't, well, I mentioned Brother Andrew that I've never met, but there's another fella. He's a big guy. And last I heard, he hadn't married yet, kind of like the one brother that come by in our meeting. But he's down in in the jungles of Brazil carrying the gospel into these places that, you know, a wife and children might hinder him from carrying the gospel to. He's going into these places, just like that Brother Andrew person I was telling you about, or missionary I was telling you about before. Uh, and fully persuade his leadership, his goals, his objectives for us. Seeking out the will of God for our lives and then trusting him. Fully persuaded that, like, he's, like Brother Rain says, he loves us too much to do us wrong and, and is too wise to make a mistake. So we need, and here's what I went ahead and flipped on over and said, and going back to Philippians 3.21, we need to have faith in his leadership, in his wisdom, his omniscience. He's too wise to, do, to, to make a mistake. Look, we, we, question, we question our leadership too often. Everybody's had a boss. <laughs> and the boss comes out and says, I want you to take so-and-so and go and do this job this way. And you think that you know better than the boss. You say, what? You know, either you question who he's paired you up with <laughs> or you've questioned the, the way that he's told you to do that task. I'm out here every day. Now, wait a minute. How, how did he become boss? Because <laughs> he's probably been out there every day like you are. And he wants you to do it a certain way with a certain person, and you question him. You can't. And then you, you maybe go out and do it his way, and you see that you see the wisdom in it. Or you go out and say, I think he's wrong, and I'm just going to go ahead and do it my way. And guess what? You fall on your face, and then he ha- then you have to do it a second time. Or if you'd have done it his way the first time, that wouldn't have happened. Now make application of this. Look, he's wise. We gotta we gotta trust his wisdom. When he says, and again going back to the truth, <laughs> he says you can raise your family this way, applying that rod of correction. And you raise your family according to the word of God, you say, well, that's not what Dr. Spock says. That's what, not what, uh, let's let the village raise our kid Hillary Clinton says. But that's what God says. 
Trust His wisdom. And they'll turn out. Apply it. Be fully persuaded. All right? To do it His way. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what the doctor's box says. I don't care what Let's Raise the Village says. I'm going to do it His way. I am fully persuaded. Like Paul was. Fully persuaded. So, in his wisdom, fully persuaded in his power. Fully persuaded in his power. Again, if God be for us, who can be against us? <laughs> who shall separate the love? Shall tribulation? Shall distress? Shall persecution or famine or nakedness or sword? If God be for us, who can be against us? I am fully persuaded in his power. I'm fully persuaded in the power of prayer. We're going to get to it, but I keep going that because I believe it and I know it and I've seen it in my life. Not that I'm some great prayer warrior, but I know when I have used it and I've used it his way and I'm not consuming it on my own lust and I pray in Jesus' name according to John chapter 14 and I have received. Seek and you shall find. Ask and it shall be given. Knock, and it shall be opened. We, we as a church seen that. You, the outside people looking in, seen the little, what? How many we got? We got 27 today, but our church, our church membership is what, 14? We lost Jesse. But we're sitting over on Southeast 12th Street and people said, 14 people, huh? Going to buy this building in two acres plus the right-of-way that we mow. Right. Some people are not fully persuaded. Some people look at, on the outside looking in saying, ain't no way. But here we are. Because I'm persuaded. We knocked. He opened. We asked. He delivered. We sought. We found. And, we, and so when, when, when God gives us these victories, then, hey, just build upon those victories. He did it like, like uh, Brother Stenet Ballou said, quoting uh, the black preacher, he's done it before. He'll do it some more. And if we just keep building, and be, the more that we build upon, the more that we see these victories, the more persuaded that we can be. But, but that's the problem. If you, if you wait to see these victories to build your faith upon, that's not faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. I, the evidence of things not seen, I can't see it. It's not tangible. I'm just going to have to trust my leadership and his will for my life, I need to trust his wisdom for my life and wisdom in the word and wisdom for how I should direct my life. Wisdom, I need to trust his power that he's able to subdue all things. We just read it. All things. And then I need to trust his presence. You know, Stonewall Jackson... He was a Presbyterian, and he was, he said he was a Calvinistic. But he had it in his mind that he was not going to die until God was done with him. Man, he, he actually got shot by his own man, died several days later. But, but, but he was out front. He wasn't one of those gener generals that sat back in the command tent. He was a general that was on his horse out front. And the bullets flying past him. And he was leading the charge. He was that kind of general. Because, and then, and then, and, and his presence made a difference in the troop. General Patton, be who he was, filthy mouth, etc. But men that served under Patton... <laughs> Just because the, the type of leader he was, he wasn't, again, one of those that was leading from behind. He was leading out front. 
He, he, he made himself present among the people. He come down. Just because he had the stars on his shoulders didn't mean that he didn't, didn't interact with the one striper. He interacted with his people. And his people had confidence in his leadership. And these are men that men put their confidence in. How much more can we be fully persuaded in the power, wisdom, and presence of God? We need to have faith in our leaders' leadership, and we need to have faith in our leaders' love, which goes right back to this saying of Brother Rains. He loves us too much to do us wrong. He loves us. And should we succumb (laughs) tomorrow if we're fighting the fight, then we will be rewarded. Like Brother Glenn, he says he didn't have any, just a, what, referenced it the other, uh, other week. He says this is Glennology, <laughs> Pollardology, whatever he wanted. He said, I can't prove it, but he goes, I think it's this way. That the martyrs that, that died for the faith probably have been first in line when it comes to rewards. I believe that too. And should he, you know, we could go back to Hebrews 11. They were, they were sawn asunder. And all the other things that was listed there in that verse, the, 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 the Christians in, in, the, in the day of Rome, when they were, you know, put in the Colosseum and, and died at, be, you know, at the hands of beasts and so on and so forth, they'll have a great reward. And who you know, and if God should choose that we go, if we go fighting that good fight of faith, then who are we to question His wisdom? Who are we to question His power, His presence in that? But lots of times, Roman citizens, Roman soldiers would come, especially the soldiers would come to Christ because they had seen battle. They had. They had, I mean, hand-to-hand combat, and they seen that Christians died with more uh, victory in the Colosseums. Children, women, died with more victory in the Colosseums that they seen die on the battlefield. Because, and then many of them testified, like, like uh, Stephen when he was stoned, seeing Christ. And when Stephen was stoned and he saw Christ and he forgave them, that had an effect on Saul, which became the Apostle Paul. It sure did. Um, Let's see here. 1 Corinthians real fast and then we're almost done. 1 Corinthians here. 1 Corinthians 10. Verse number 12. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it, Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to wise men, judge ye what I say. And if those fiery darts that this shield of faith is, is temptations that comes our way, that will with that temptation make a way of escape, uh, you know, I was just wondering if that, way, that one of the ways that he makes is that shield of faith. Look at you. Got to look for it, but just trust. You have to trust in it too. Amen. You have to trust in that verse right there. When temptations come, that shield of faith. Hey, Lord, you said in First Corinthians, chapter ten, verse thirteen, that with this temptation that I'm being tempted with, there is a way of escape. Lord, help me to find it. 
Lord, I, I, I'm fully persuaded that verse number 13 is true. I'm fully persuaded that every jot and tittle of this Bible is true. But what I'm saying is use the word of God. That goes back to the truth. Christ, when he was tempted in the wilderness, he used the word of God on the devil. That's part of our armor. And that's our sword a little bit later too. Matthew Henry said, observe on this passage of scripture. Faith acted upon the word of God and applying that. See, faith acted upon the word of God and applying that. Acted upon the grace of Christ and improving that quenches the darts of temptation. So acted upon the word of God and applying the word of God along with the grace of Christ. So grace and truth quenches that, the fiery darts. But it takes faith. The thing is, is being fully persuaded. I think that's the, that's what the point that I want to drive home. So many times we say that we believe it, but our actions say otherwise. We say that we practice it, but our actions say otherwise. We say that we trust God, but we, we go ahead and lean on our own understanding. We don't acknowledge him in, in, the, in the paths that we take and the decisions that we make. Like, like it says there in verse number, verse number 7 of Proverbs 3, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Too many times we're wise in our own, wise, our own eyes, just like the, just like the, the demonstration of the, the illustration of the, the boss and the employee. The boss says, I want you to go do that with him and do it this way. We're to trust in what his, his experience his wisdom, his knowledge, his longevity at doing that task, even though it might not make sense to you. You do that on a personal level. How much more should we do it on a spiritual level? You did it on a physical level. How much more should we do it on a, phys- uh, a spiritual level? You know, I, I talk about the men that followed Stonewall Jackson, the men that followed Patton, or me following Lieutenant Faisenbaker. We can see that on a physical level, but how much more? But lots of times we've not proved. David proved that sling. David proved that staff. And as we grow in the Lord and as we grow in knowledge and as we grow in experience as a child of God, that should help us prove this armor. But it's, an, it's faith. You can't see it. You can't touch it. You've got to step out on it. God says it, and I, I trust him. He loves me. That's not his love. Faith in his love. I mean, we could go to Luke when he talked about, you know, the earthly father. You know, the child asks his earthly father for bread. Does he give him a stone? And then that whole little passage... And go, how much more does he love you and I? And just trusting his love for us. And trusting his leadership and his will for and his wisdom for our lives. It doesn't always make sense sometimes things he asks us to do. But there's where faith comes in. There's where faith comes in. And that's my message today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you for the day. Lord, I thank you for the many blessings you've given us. And I know there's been times that my faith has wavered. Lord, I pray that you'll help me and this congregation to be fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. Lord, like Romans 8 said. Lord, that we may stand against these powers and these principalities. That, that come up against us. Lord, you love us and you're wise in your direction in our lives. Help us, Lord, to just, by faith, sometimes that's a childlike faith, just trust you. Help us, Lord, not to lean on our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledge you. 
And I pray that you'll guide us and direct us in our lives, guide us and direct us in our church. Help us, Lord, to put our on this armor of God, knowing that there is a spiritual warfare taking place, a spiritual warfare to defeat us as the children of God, but also to keep our families and our children and our loved ones and our neighbors on the pathway to destruction, blinded. I pray that we'll be the light to this world that we ought to be and carry the gospel to our families and to our neighbors. Lord, that they might come to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ as well. I ask and pray that you'll guide and direct in the invitation time. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen and amen. I have a song of invitation, but Tim and Pam come. I know it's geared toward the church today, that faith. My message primarily to the church, as Paul's was to the church at Ephesus, about our walk. But it starts with saving faith. Brother Glenn quoted it: "Faith, to, I mean, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ puts you into this race, puts you into this warfare. You become a child of God, an heir of God, and join heir with Jesus Christ, as He also related in the Sunday school hour. It's saving faith. We read it in John chapter three, verse sixteen." For God so loved the world that he, gave, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his uh, Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Verse number 18, he that believeth not. So if you put your faith in him, you will be saved and you will obtain everlasting life. But verse number 18, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. You're already on that broad way to destruction because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. While we sing.